Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. It's Friday morning, and I hope you've got your copy of God's Word. We're going to look at the fifth Psalm of Lament. A lot of people are lamenting in these days. A lot of people are crying. A lot of people are crying out. A lot of people are praying these days that have not prayed before. And uh, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a prayer of David. It's a psalm of lament. Um, you're going to see that in the second part of this psalm, he's crying out to the God, uh, crying out to God for protection. Uh, psalm 27 is an interesting psalm. It's divided into two parts. The first six verses are the first part. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Monday morning, we're going to look at verses 7 through 14, the second part. Um, and I can give you two words that will sum this whole psalm up. Uh, two words that um, really divide this psalm into the two parts. One is confidence and the other is seeking. Um, those two words right there speak literally to the up and down of the psalm. Uh, the first six verses are the up of David the other six verses, or verses 7 through 14, uh, happen to be the downside. Now, that's a lot of life. That's where life is lived out for a lot of people, in the up and downs. Used to be life was lived out in the middle of the up and downs. There was extended periods of time uh, between the ups and the downs of life. In our day, uh, we're living not in... Uh, an era of change, we're actually living in a change of era. Um, we're living in a far greater drastic change of time than we, than anybody has in a long time. When we get to the other side of this virus, whatever that's going to look like is going to be a lot different uh, than anything we have experienced before. And so the time in which we live, the up and downs are a lot closer. The time in between the ups and the downs uh, is so much shorter in our day. And I think that it wears on us. It wears on our nerves. Uh, we're far more anxious. We're, we're, we, we are far more um, uh, discontented, uh, far more discouraged. The ups and the downs are coming so, so fast. And, and uh uh, the other thing about it is this, is that the extremes are so drastic. Uh, it's just not an up and a down. It's an extreme up and an extreme down. Just look at the stock market over the last 10 years. Look at the extremes of it. Last 10, 11 years since 2007. Well, a little longer than that. You, you, if you look at that, you just see these extremes uh, that are there in the market. They reflect life. We've got these extreme highs and these extremes low. It's almost like we're living in bipolar times. Well, when you come to this passage, you're going to see that in this psalm. There's David's up, and then you're going to see David's down when we get there on Monday. But let me, let me tell you something. Let me give you something here that you're going to see, and it's this. Now, let me put these two words in your mind, confidence and seek. Um. You can have confidence in the midst of the extremes of life if you consistently seek the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you that again because I think that's the thesis of this, of this psalm. You can have confidence 
in the midst of the extremes of life, if there is a consistent seeking of the Lord. So now let me show you what I mean by confidence and seek. The two parts of the Psalm, verses one through six, divided into two parts itself, confidence, verse one, two, and three, and seeking, verses four, five, and six. Then you come to verses seven through 14, divided into two parts. You have the seeking in verses seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12, and the confidence in verse 13 and verse 14. It's, it's what we call a chiastic construction. If you're looking at this and you say, well, what in the world is that? And, and why do you say that? Well, this is my morning devotion. And that just kind of leaps out at me and that interests me. I I love grammar and language and kind of fascinates me. It's in a chiastic construction. That is, it is A, B, B, A. That's how this psalm flows. Uh, Confidence, seek, seek, confidence. Um, It's just kind of interesting. Why do they do that? Why does the writer do that? Well, the Holy Spirit led him to do it, number one. But the the second reason is because it, 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 it shows, um, an emphasis on what's being said. It's a literary device that captures your attention. And it captured mine as I was reading through it. So let's begin. Let's start in verse one and let me show you first off the confidence. The first three verses, David's going to, and this is kind of divided into three parts here. Verse one, verse two, and verse three. This is David's delight in the Lord. He delights in the Lord. Verses four, five, and six is going to be uh, David's desire for the Lord. So you start off with David's delight in the Lord in three ways. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now I've labeled that verse, the personal dealings of God with David. David says, I look back on how God has personally dealt with me. He has always been my light. When you look at David's life, in fact, you go, you can go back to second Samuel chapter five, um, in your Bibles. If you want to just go there, put your finger there. I'm going to come back to it. I think in a few minutes, you're going to see that so much of David's life was covered in dark moments. And so he begins this and he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. That's Hebrew parallelism. It's a way of saying the same thing, two different ways. That was Hebrew poetry. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. He's saying the same thing in two different ways, but he says, the Lord is my light. And when he says that, I think immediately of two things, two places in David's life, the cave of Adullam and the cave of En Gedi, two of the famous caves in the Old Testament. They're made famous because David spent time there. You, I, I, I've never been, I've been in the area where the cave of Adullam is, but I've been many times up to the cave of En Gedi. And it's, it's one of my favorite places in all of Israel. Uh, to hike back up there. And it's a hike up in the Judean wilderness, back up into the mountains there, up to the great waterfall in that beautiful, pristine, uh, aqua-colored pool of fresh living water. You can turn and you look out and you see the Dead Sea and its beauty. And it is beautiful at a distance, but it's dead. There's death there. 
You drink that water, you'll die. Uh, here is living water, and the cave of Engedi is there. Has all of this ivy that is coming down over it. You, if you didn't know it was a cave, you would miss it. It's kind of like the Bat Cave. You didn't know it was in there, you would know it. Uh, that's where David was. Fascinating. In the dark. Now, what do you think of in a cave? Dark. I'm sure that David was thinking there were moments when he was hiding in the cave of Adullam and hiding in the cave uh, of Engedi that he thought, this is just dark. My life is dark. But now listen, he comes and says here, the Lord is my light. Now, let me tell you, God's better than Motel 6. Motel 6 may leave the light on for you, but God is the light that is in you. Ah, right there. Amen goes right there. So he says, the Lord's my stronghold. That again reminds me of the caves of Adullam and uh, in Gedi. Uh, of whom shall I be afraid? Why, why, why do I fear? If God is my stronghold, if God is my light and my salvation, I don't need to be afraid. He says, I look back and he says, that's the way God has personally dealt with me all of my life. Then he comes to verse two, and this is the past dealings. Those were personal dealings. Now he comes to the past dealings. When evil evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Now I take you back to 2 Samuel uh, chapter five. When David was made king, Saul had uh, died and when Saul died, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. Previously, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and in. Now, you know what? I, things pop in my head. Saul may have been king, but there was somebody else who was doing the shepherding. Tragically, in a lot of churches, that is true. That there may be somebody who is known as the pastor who acts more like the king, but somebody else has to do the real shepherding. While Saul was known as the king, David was the shepherd. Uh, you were the one who led Israel out and in. And the Lord said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be a ruler over, uh, over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them. By the way, he was king in Hebron seven years before they made him king now over all of Israel. Uh, and before the Lord at Hebron and they anointed David king over Israel. Soon as that happened, you read in verse 17, 2 Samuel 5, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold, went down to the cave. Um, there you go, right there. That's what he's talking about it. When these evildoers and they followed him, you know, all of these Psalms of lament, we've watched the Psalms of David started in Psalm three. And that's what we've been going through ever since. Um, and you've noticed that in all of these, there's somebody that's a constant enemy, somebody that's constantly coming after him, somebody that is constantly fighting him or betraying him or slandering him or lying against him. That's been, that's been the whole way for David. We don't need to think, and yet David was a man after God's own heart. We don't need to think that in the Christian life, we are exempt from all of the things that are hurtful in life. We're not. We just have a Savior who's got victory over it for us. 
Don't make me start preaching, y'all. I'm, this is just devotional. So let me go back. And he says this, evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes. It is they who stumble and fall. Now notice this. David doesn't say, I made them stumble and fall. I took them down. I cut their legs out from under them. No, no, no. He says, it is they who stumbled. And who do you suppose did that? God. God. You need to learn the lesson I have to learn over and over. Let God fight your battles for you. Number three, verse three, the promissory dealing. God's promises to David. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. There is those three verses sum up the confidence of David in God. This verse three is because of God's promissory dealings. God had promised him in Samuel, you will be king. And he just trusted God's promises. He looked to God's past dealings in his life. God has always been there for me. God has always cared for me. And he looked at the personal dealings of God in his life. And because of that, listen, he had a confidence in the midst of all of these extremes which leads me to the second thing, because he was constantly seeking the Lord. He was consistently seeking God's. Now look at this, beginning in verse four, here comes his desire for the Lord. The first was his delight in the Lord. He delighted in the Lord because of how God had cared for him. But now he comes and he says, I have a desire. Now I've got to show you something here. I want to show you how uh, you need to look at this. I, I've got to point out a couple of things to you. Uh, I want you to look. If you're looking at verse four, look at what he says. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Do you see that? I've asked, I seek, I dwell. Uh, those three things right there are are very important. This, this is David. David says, I'm desiring the Lord. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm asking the Lord. I want to dwell in the presence of the Lord. I think David is out in the wilderness. Um, I'll probably say this in, in a few minutes, but I think he's fleeing from Absalom. And I think uh, this is an up moment in the midst of a, of a tragedy, in the midst of a betrayal, in the midst of a slander, in the midst of of, uh, of a lie. This is an up moment. You know how in those moments when you're going through and you're kind of depressed, you'll have an up moment, but then it's going to drop. We'll, we'll get to that Monday, but just watch it. This he's up right here. And he says this, he says, this is what I'm, this is what I desire. I've asked it of the Lord. I seek after it that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want to talk to him in his temple. Um, so that's, that's what David's, that's what David's doing here. And look at what he does. He uses a number of different terms for the Lord's house. He calls it the Lord's house, the house of the Lord. Uh, he calls it the temple at the end of verse four. Uh, he's going to call it a shelter in verse five. Uh, in verse six, uh, in verse five, two, he's going to call it a tent. 
He'll call it a tent also in verse six. And then he'll call it a rock. He'll say, this is the rock. Uh, He's referring to the house of God. Now in that, let me say this. Let me just pause for a moment before I get to verse five and verse six. And let me say something. That was a place. It was a specific place. It was a house. It was the temple. It was the shelter. It was the tent. It was the rock. All referring to a place, a place where I go and worship God. There are a lot of, there are a lot of pastors. Some of you pastors are watching right now. You're very concerned. You're worried that in this time of pandemic, when church has been canceled, that it's going to teach our people that, hey, we don't need church. We can stay out. Listen, church will always and forever be the place where the people of God gather. This is virtual. This, while it's real in a sense, this is not a gathering. You, you don't have in this what you have when the church gathers. And so I'm saying this, all the, and maybe this is part of what God's doing. Maybe God in this, in this season is sifting out those who have been playing at church for years. And those who will come back will be those who genuinely yearn to worship God, hunger for God, like David is here. I have this desire, this hunger, this yearning to be with the gathered body. Let let me tell you, the ecclesia, that's the assembly. The koinonia, that's the fellowship. It's the gathering of the church. It is so critical. The word of God says, don't you forsake the gathering of yourselves together. I am living for the day when I can be gathered back. Those who will come will come. And it may be in that time that revival will break out because we will have sifted out. God will have sifted out those who really have done it for reasons other than desiring to be in the presence of God among God's people. Okay, I've got to stop. My wife is looking at me. I think she thinks I'm getting a little carried away. All right, here we go. Let me get to verse five. Here comes his, the Lord's protection. This is what he desires. Lord, Lord, I desire to be in your presence. I desire to be in church, gathered with the people of God, in the presence of God. Verse five, he comes and he says, Lord, I, I, I uh, desire your protection. Um, he will hide me. Look at this. For he will hide me in his shelter. He's going to say he will hide, he will conceal, he will lift. Isn't that interesting? I have asked, I seek, I dwell. Now he says God will hide, he will conceal, he will lift. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Now, verse six, this is, this verse is the peak. It's the pinnacle of Psalm 27. He's climbed up the mountain now, and verse six is the pinnacle of Everest. It's the top of the mountain here. Watch it, what he does. He says, God will help. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. What he's saying is this. He's saying I'm surrounded by enemies and instead of me looking and focusing on my enemies, instead of me focusing on the financial issues, instead of me focusing on the health issues, God comes and he lifts my head up to where I don't see them, but I'm looking up to him. 
Now watch it, what he says. He's got two more I wills here. This is, this, this is just worship right here. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and will make melody to the Lord. He says, this is the result of my seeking God and putting my confidence in him is that I am going to be back in that gathering place with the people of God in God's presence. And when that happens, I'm going to offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I'm going to actually open my mouth and sing. And secondly, I will sing and make medley. It's going to all be for the glory of God. Let me close with this. I hope that encourages you through this weekend and uh, you'll hold on to this. Go back and reread this at the end of the day and uh, take it on Saturday and Sunday and reread it. Be in worship Sunday morning. Um, get your copy of God's Word, 915 and uh, 1045. Uh, we're going, you'll, you just click into the services at uh, Valleydale. I'll be in Job, still in the first chapter. I've given you the man. We're going to go to the setting now that everybody's interested in. There was a day when all the sons of God came in. Who are the sons of God? Where are they gathering? And in along with them came the devil. How in the world? That, what's happening there? What's going on with that? Well, you be in worship. Get ready. Read the rest of this for Monday morning, Psalm 27. And let me tell you that out of this... A guy by the name of August Top Lady wrote a very famous hymn that came out of verse 5 and verse 6 that really came out of Psalm 27. And the hymn is this, when he read, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent and he will lift me high upon a rock. He put pen to paper and he wrote, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. God bless you. I'll see you Monday.